Happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday, Robert. The last time we were together, we were uh, uh, in California. Uh, please welcome. Yes. For, I don't know the time, how many times this is, but we, frequently Saturday, 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 Robert. For the Saturday. Happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday to you. Saturday to you. First spring. No matter what day has dawned upon us, especially also weather there in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. Happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. We fooled you, listeners. It is actually Independence Day. Oh, that's right. So you fooled but me, but, actually. I, I have no idea what day it is. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I have a I have a, a confession to make about Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, I love the holiday. I love, you know, love the uh, nation's independence. I love history. But uh, it's... Maybe it's a little sacrilege, but as a man from Philadelphia, the birthplace of democracy here in America, I am not a fireworks guy. I am not either. And I was actually thinking today, I'm like, oh, I wish I was in L.A. for 4th of July because most fireworks are banned, or as they should be, uh, with your drought and high potential for fire. So, oh, yeah. wow, it's it's anything goes. <laughs> right. Uh, it's 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 sadly it's it's similar here. They are certainly banned, but that doesn't stop people from setting them off six days before and after the holiday. Oh yes, um, two, two in the morning and everything else, but everything that goes with it. But aren't, don't you think they're overrated though? I just want to say that, like as a it, kid, it's fun, but that's it. Literally, I just, when I hear in my previous neighborhood, I mean, it would just go, and I was just, I could, it's like there's just tens of thousands of dollars just being blown up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I was just like, it's yeah. just ridiculous for for what? You know, I don't know. It's the but, well, it's the it's the optic of it all. Like, okay, um, it's explosions in the sky at different colors. That's kind of cool to look at for a few seconds. But do I want to sit for hours making a night of it? Like, no. Yeah. So, no. So, summary: fireworks do not hold up. Thank you. No summary: fireworks do not hold up. You're listening to the Set Jetter Saturday. It's our first show in two weeks because uh, Robert was in Los Angeles last week. You got some great shots, Robert. Tell us, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you did while you were here. We, I, I went to a lot of first locations, and you, you joined me on a few, which was nice. So, I had started getting ready for Bates Motel, the 1987 pilot TV movie that they were hoping to be a mini TV series uh locations and uh where else we went to some karate kid locations which was great danielson and you live not too far from uh heather langenkamp's house in west craven's new nightmare so uh, i did a revisit with you to that location well see that actually was my house but i didn't oh, want I just, people you to don't know want me. so i i went to another location and was like yeah pick me up at whatever that was and then you actually just drove me back to my house and like <laughs> i had I'd never been there before uh, i can't back that up that's not true. But that was exciting to see that. That was the new nightmare. And also on that trip, we were looking for the base camp for the filming of those scenes. And you found it. Well, I found a couple of potentials. I, I'm going to I'll put the Blu-ray up on the big screen and, and see if I see any more details. So usually I just need one little detail uh, and I'll be able to, f- to figure that out. Yeah, but I, I did some I did some other new nightmare locations. Uh, I did. I ended up not uh, jumping the fence, but I went to where they the freeway scene where uh, Dylan and Heather uh, go up to the to the freeway. So the fence is a little too high, and I was like, ah, I'm not gonna. I'm sure neighbors were looking out, going, wonder what this guy was doing. But 
Yeah, you don't want to hop the fences. Some people are ambitious like that. Yeah. Some call it trespassing. And uh, yeah, I was like, I didn't see any no trespassing signs, so I think I was okay. But mm. and I uh, I went to the Forever Purge uh, in the morning, and then I went right from the theater to locations out in Ontario and uh, Pomona, <laughs> which was nice. And that is nice. Uh, I was just like, oh, I was just here, and the, the American Legion was nice. They they let me in and take all sorts of pictures. So, is it an operating American Legion? Like, mm-hmm. was it open? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I was kind of like, oh, the door is open, so why don't I just uh, ask? And they were very nice. Same thing with the uh, dance club from the Karate Kid Part Three. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I saw you posted that, and I didn't know what it was at first. And then I thought, this has to be the dance club. This is the only like setting in that movie where this could be. And then sure as, sure as heck fire, there it was. <laughs> we did Very, get to see yeah. Karate Kid. You've been there a million times, but we did get to go to the school in the in the first Karate Kid, the Karate Kid, yeah. um, and film some exteriors, which is pretty cool because that place relatively looks the same. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Not too much has changed. Obviously, they saw uh, the plaque that we both took pictures of. And um, and it's nice to go out there. Obviously, we were on us actually on a Saturday. We actually had a set Jetter Saturday in real life, now that I think about it. Yeah, it was. It was uh, like the the universes were uh, lining up for everything to happen right that day, except for being accosted by a homeless, scary guy, which was funny in hindsight. Well, yeah, that... <laughs> hindsight. It's at a, yeah, you, you, maybe you were probably alarmed at the time, but yeah, I don't, I don't mess around with... I don't know if he was homeless. He was just a, a skateboarder that wanted to... No, no, he wasn't homeless. Yeah. I just... Yeah. Hope that he's listening to the show for some reason, and he thinks I'm calling him homeless from the safety of my my house. Um, uh, but no, it was a great day. It was a good set jet or Saturday. We, uh, I'm excited to see. So, how does the process work? Because you filmed or you've taken photographs of a lot in this trip. How do, do you update these right away, or do you wait to the anniversary on your on the site? I, I usually wait to the anniversary, and there's a couple of things that it's like, uh, like the Bates Motel actually anniversary is tomorrow, July 5th. So yeah. I was like, oh, I need to, I need to get to work <laughs> yeah. on, on this right away. Um, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention real quick, Robert, uh, for all the listeners, of course, go to Robert's website at set-jetter.com and you'll see all the work there. Absolutely. And uh, the other one I'll be getting ready for uh, the anniversary is next month in August is Friday the 13th, part three. So we can maybe save that for a future podcast, but mm. which is the Holy Grail location of the oh. barn. That is the Holy Grail location for, I would say, any Friday the 13th movie, uh, right? Like, yeah, what, what else? Maybe the house and four, but what else would you really like put up there? The the camp the camp from part one, people really like to go to. Um, I would put the Jarvis okay. house from the final chapter. And, uh, of yeah. course, uh, the, the diner from uh, Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> the diner. You're kidding, right? Yes. I was, I was, I was actually... <laughs> I was talking to a friend this weekend, my my buddy Dan, about that, and I go, "Would you rather watch Freddy's Dead or, uh, you know, Jason Goes to Hell?" He's like, "Freddy's Dead, hands down." He's like, "That demon slug in Jason Goes to Hell was offensive," and I was like, "It is offensive. It's offensive." I'm offended that uh, Kane Hodder's hockey mask went for it was like a crazy amount, wasn't two hundred thousand dollars or something like that? Something like that. And he signed it right across, like you know now. I guess I should I shouldn't say that because I one of my props is signed by Heather Langenkamp, but um, I had her yeah. sign on the back of the door, not the front of the door. But yeah, can you? I he should know. have signed in the back. Yeah, or inside. I don't know. But. Inside. That's what I mean. 
And um, it's a Jason Goes to Hell mask. I'm like, ah. Eh. <sighs> if it was a, a final chapter mask, I would pay dearly. But because Kane Hodder was in six through or five through eight, right? No, seven through ten, I think. Oh, he was in Jason X. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> we always forget about that one. Who could forget about? That's what that I mean. Part of the yeah. I did the 13th part three though. The barn it was on your bucket list. You're really excited to do that. It was, and, and I, I didn't want to trespass, you know, which some people have done. But um, and it it, yeah. it would be a hike out there, and so mm-hmm. tour guide people people can pay now to uh, uh, go to that location. Uh, tour guide was super nice. We bumped into uh, the new owner. Well, not new owner, but it's it's still under the same family. But um, uh, he worked on the film as a child. I think he was 13 or so. So he helped on the set. And he had a lot of trivia that nobody knows about. That um, I went with Sean Clark. Uh, Sean Clark or Sean Clark with, went, went with me. And he filmed a video with us at for Horrors Hollowed Ground. So he'll oh, probably cool. be uh, putting some of that trivia on there. I got to check that out. That's good that he was. Uh, so this is the owner of the ranch, his family worked on the movie so they had good child labor laws back in 80 yeah so, well he got credit which is nice so um and he oh, was good. talking about some of the props that still exist that nobody knows about so really uh, yeah i'm hoping for yeah i'm hoping we get to see those what someday. were because uh, I, I saw the photos you posted of the uh of friday 13 part three the the ranch there what's the name of the ranch by the way um so the i'm gonna say the name wrong values a ranch Let's 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 find out. All right. And but but anyway, I saw the photos and there was a uh, um, the part of the dock, like the the location where the dock used to be. Was there anything left of that? Uh, there, just pieces. Like, like I think they actually I think at one point just let uh, tour takes pieces of the dock. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there's not much to. Left oh, yeah. To the it. values a values a movie yeah. ranch. And then um, we. Um, uh, one, that's kind of a potential snake area, too, so I was a little leery about reaching down to grab anything. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. there there are talks, and so this, before our visit, uh, actually, I learned about it last month when I was talking to, to EJ about them uh, kind of redoing it, putting the house back up that used to exist on the property that was burned down, um, and potentially some events, I'll say that as a little tease. Oh, that's so pretty it might cool. be happening there. So it'd be great for fans. You can still rent out that things for actual movie. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like it's you used could all the you time. could rent it out for like a week or something kind of thing. Absolutely. So um, yeah, there's a few different sets um, on that particular ranch, and one has been used in like there's a kind of a church uh, has been used in like twelve different music videos from Justin Bieber to Lady Gaga to Rihanna. So was it in <laughs> November Rain? Yes. That that's what I recognize that church from. Yep. I saw it and it was driving me crazy because you posted it and I was like, yeah. "This is from, this is from a video." And I and it just came to me now. It was uh, November rain slash outside the church. Oh yeah, so yeah, that was uh, it. It's a yeah, looking so church. it was a good time. So um, other person who went with me was Brian Koppel from Real to Real Locations. So that was on his bucket list as well. So it's funny because the night before we were both obviously flipping through channels and we're watching Dante's Peak and um, I just watched that. It must be on rotation, but you know the opening scene where I do. Driving? Yep. So that was shot right into kind of the the Mexican town that, that we were in. So. Oh, okay. Was the Mexican town also in Westworld? Um. Yes. Yep. With the Got fountain. It. 
where all the dead people or and if I remember right, yeah, it's a so great location. It, it is. Yeah, so it was it was nice. You know, obviously it's always nice to also have say you have the place to yourself. <laughs> so we yeah. run around and get oh, as many so shots much better. as you can. Now, I know why Tom Cruise runs out like Disney World for his kids for a whole day. He just like just better by yourself. If you can. Speaking of, I, apparently I missed uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck at Universal Studios. I think they were there the day after I was. Oh, they were uh, just hanging out or like doing something? Going to bringing their kids to Universal and stuff like that. So, Oh, that's cool. What a major disappointment for those kids. They have written a lot of <laughs> They could be going like somewhere a lot cooler than Universal and Hollywood. Well, I don't know. Am yeah, I right? So. Well, I, just, I, I, I had a good time. So, I'm kidding. But, but you know what? I, I, so the Universal rides, I'll be honest, like, uh, you know, the, uh, what the Fast and Furious ride and King Kong, you know, I've just, they never really appealed to me. And that's obviously not why I go. But people are hooting and hollering and they love it. So I was like, well, they must be doing something right. The, the, the thing is, I've been to both. I've been to the one in Florida, ironically more than the one in here where I live. And the one here is is if you're all if you're all about the movies and the tour, it's worth the price, and that's like what you want to see. The rides are okay. The one in Florida doesn't have anything like that, but what they have, um, the rides are like phenomenal. Um, it's like a whole day of like stuff like that. So that's yeah. like the major difference. But uh, Universal too, Universal Studios here in Universal City was like built up over time in a mountain, so it's got a weird layout. You you have to go through like two flights of escalators to get yes. to one part. So it's kind of like all over the place. Um, but it's, yeah. but the movie, the movie tours are, are worth for me personally Absolutely. worth the price. A so, uh, couple things, the, the Bates motel. I'm so happy that, you know, they put the Grinch or is it the Grinch who stole Christmas? They put those big sets behind the Bates motel. And it was always weird because you see the Bates motel and all these kind of weird, like what's the name Whoville? of it? Yeah. And I was like, uh, that's finally gone. So it's like, oh, at least I can squint and pretend, you know. That yeah, you don't have to see those who's with their cantablers and plenders yeah. and plenders. So you would appreciate this. So uh, I was, Ooh. I've been on Jurassic World, the ride before, but I know they did one update. And so um, when we started going down there, it's like, oh, it's, it's, they have it shut down. There's some technical issues or whatever. And so it was still shut down for a while. And then later I went by and there people were getting off. And I was like, how long have you been stuck on there? <laughs> And there's people stuck on there for over an hour. Really? Yeah. So. Oh man! Um, did the then, did the dinosaurs eat the tourists? Yes, they did. So that's why only one came back. But, <laughs> so later it did open, and um, I did uh, I did went on the ride, and then um, it did stop for about five minutes before right before you go up the the I don't know what you call it, the escalator pulley and stuff like that. So I was a little worried. I'm like, oh. Am I going to oh, be no. stuck here for an hour? But it was my last thing of the day. So it that's, fun. that's good that you did it. If it were stuck on there a little bit longer, when you got off, would you speak to a manager and go, after careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your ride. And then they would go, oh, no, he's the set yet. He's going to write us a review. Hey, we, we can't have that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it ended up being a, a great visit. I've been, obviously, you know, yeah. many times. And I only do the VIP. And they were they were fantastic. And um, I always put good. a request of what I want to do and where I want to go. Um, that's sometimes off the beaten path. Yeah, sometimes that's the best way to do a trip, though, is, is off the beaten path stuff. Absolutely. Some of the best vacations I've ever been on were great because we went off the beaten path and, like, 
met a local that showed us cool stuff and ate at a restaurant that wasn't, you know, right the downtown center of, you know, whatever tourist spot you're at. Like, th- those are kind of cool. They're also probably the most dangerous. They're the way most people probably get killed on vacations in foreign countries. But if you're smart and you do your homework, you're going to have a good time. Woodland Hills, you got to watch out for that area. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> we got a great show tonight. We're going to be discussing, do they still hold up? These are the highest grossing films of 1994. Listeners, uh, as you know, this game is, well, we will read through the uh, top 10 grossing movies as well as honorable mentions from that year. And Robert and I will let you know if they still hold up. So if you haven't seen these in a while, you can either be sure that it's safe to watch them again, or you can skip right through it, depending on what we say. Because we are the experts. Yes, I skipped. <laughs> question, yeah. Okay, Robert, you want to? You ready to jump into this loaded potato? All right. Unsurprisingly, '94, The Lion King. I should say the original Lion King because right. I did watch the. Do we call it a remake? I don't know. Uh, when Disney kind of live actioned animated animates it uh, as they have been doing. But uh, yeah, so Lion King obviously it it blew me away when I saw it. The soundtrack kind of helped a lot, um, and it was kind of still the old school uh, animation. But yes, so this still holds up for me. And um, when you kind of look at the uh, what, what they did a few years ago, you can say that does not hold up. Nobody's mm. begging to say, "Oh, go let's let's go watch that one again." It's a little creepy too. No, nobody's. It is a little creepy, and nobody's clamoring. I think to see any of the new. Um, remakes or whatever you call them like lady and the tramp and aladdin they're not being rewatched. but yeah lion king certainly the original 94 is uh arguably the greatest you know animated film ever it's just it's, it's amazing it has elton that, john doing the score yeah come on well, i mean just that whole opening scene uh between the visuals and the music just nothing like it and joe it's, williams does the voice of Simba, the singing voice, and he is the son of John Williams, oh. and he's also the lead singer of Toto now, so it's a little trivia for you. It's a musical family. Uh, still holds up. Number two on the list is Forrest Gump. Tom Hanks's. Uh, I want to say this is probably his highest grossing film, or at least it's up there. Um, I watched this not too long ago. It, it's still one of my favorites. It still holds up for me. I will vote on the opposite end of that. <laughs> you don't like you're not down Forrest? I- I am is it the not. is it the interpretations of uh, the developmentally disabled for the time? No, it was. I, I it's just the whole concept. I'm just like just it never did it for me. So it didn't hold up at the time. So did you see Maybe. it theatrically? Uh, not until video. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't give him my 450 or whatever it was in 94. <laughs> oh, those were the good old days. <laughs> Remember that. Oh, yeah. Well, because I went to a morning show of The Forever Purge because it's cheaper and it was still like 12 bucks. I'm like, oh, how and I'm like, I don't know how much movies are. How much could a banana cost? $12. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, next we have. So Robert does not hold up uh, Forrest Gump and uh, we were split down that movie. And next on the list, we have Treats. This is one of the films that Robert has covered the movie locations. This is True Lies. James Cameron starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, in one of her funniest, um, I think, most entertaining roles. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so this still holds up for me. Um, this is kind of still James Cameron at his best. And uh, yeah, right, Jamie Lee Curtis. This is where she was. Uh, obviously, she was. She continues to be relevant, but you know, in the '90s, you're kind of. She had a TV series and kind of finding her way. But uh, besides her horror genre, she is 
she's a better comedian uh, than anything I think about this and Fish Called Wanda. And she, she kind of makes this movie much more than Arnold does, I think. Oh, yeah. If she wasn't in, if her character wasn't written in there, or at least written in as well as, you know, she played it, it would not have been a great film. And she says this was her favorite character second to Laurie Strode. Oh, really? Yeah. And she oh, almost, cool. I think she said at one point, she kind of played her a little bit like a Laurie, grown up Laurie Strode, or if Laurie Strode grown up without the trauma. <laughs> Of, I can uh, see that. Yeah. So and so, Bill Paxton's great in this. Oh, oh, I yeah. Have to go on a mission tonight to Paris. <laughs> it's not safe for you here. <laughs> yeah. The only the only problem I have with this movie is his one line where she has an ass like a ten year old boy, and oh, I just remember yeah. even as a kid watching this, I went, "What? What? What? What kind of that? Is that how you talk? Is that how grown ups talk about women? Is, is that how James Cameron talks about women? Probably. Did yeah, he write what? it? I think so. It was, um, it was a little gross. Yeah. So I really only, my sister had kind of been to the mansion and then I had stayed at the, uh, uh, the Western Western Bonaventure hotel, uh, where they shot, uh, some of the Washington DC hotel scenes. Yeah. I, I looked through this, uh, a few weeks back, I believe. And it, uh, it still looks pretty much the same. Yeah. Hotels I, age well if they're nice hotels. <laughs> and this hotel, uh, was just used in, not just used interstellar, um, if you remember, this kind of played the big cement things. They kind of hid a lot of the windows and elevators, but this oh, yeah. was uh, used in there. And the hotel embraces all this. And so each, an elevator would say, this hotel, this elevator was used in True Lies, or this this was used in, in, in the line of fire. So I'm glad the hotel kind of really embraced it as well. I, I do like when, that, when the locations embrace the films that they're in. And this hotel, in addition to in the line of fire, also has uh, the room you stayed in. It said Robert Patterson laid his head here on, and they had the date you stayed there. I saw it recently. It was kind of weird, but it was, it was cool. But yeah, it, it happens at every hotel I'm at. So <laughs> <laughs> next, ooh, uh, True Lies still holds up for me. I don't yeah. know if I said that, but it's a it's a very enjoyable film. Next movie, mm, I don't know about this one, The Santa Claus. <laughs> and it's by the way, it's the Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah, you always have to pause and then right. pronounce it. The only uh, thing I remember about this film is I saw it once in the theaters, didn't like it, but it, there was a scene where Tim Allen like shaves his beard because he's Santa Claus and it grows back right away. And I'm like, oh. In that kind of 90s uh, CGI yeah. way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I know on this, but it, this movie was also not made for me. <laughs> no, me neither. I was, uh, I think, just a little too old in 94 to be like enjoying this. Um, Robert, what do we have next? <laughs> the Flintstones, which I remember seeing once, um, and obviously, so it did not hold up. I'm like, a, um, I didn't need to revisit again. Uh, I will confess that I watched a good half hour of the Flintstones Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, really? While in my hotel room, uh, this past trip, apparently there was nothing else on, but good for you, apparently. But that's yes. good. Uh, I'm the same as you. I've seen it once. Didn't care for it. I feel like all the parts were there. John Goodman and, and Rick Morat. Was it Rick Moranis? I think so. And was it Rosie O'Donnell? and? Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell played Betty. And forget who was Wilma. But like on screen, all the parts made up. But it was still that early 90s redoing a TV show. And like it, the budget wasn't quite there. No. And they had some good idea. I mean, but yeah, yeah it's not enough to, to say... Yeah, that's good. It was enough to make a sequel, apparently. 
obviously it was, number, it was number five so we, we can't say this was a big bomb <laughs> no yeah it did well uh next is clear and present danger tom clancy uh, this is harrison ford this still holds up for me it's probably my favorite out of all of the tom clancy adaptations yeah it's a solid thriller and uh, was this harrison ford's first time playing this role he is was his second, second first was patriot games okay so um but yeah i don't i haven't watched it in a while but i remember the time it's still the, the, these that type of film still holds up more than uh like the born movies which are all just about chaotic editing and i'm not sure right. what's going on half the time but yeah they're, they're kind of running half the born movies are him running through some kind of public <laughs> space in a different city and and banging up a bunch of cars and then he's like in a room on the phone with the cia director that's right they're always on the phone talking to julia styles or somebody i'm just like just <laughs> no 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 yeah right no clear present danger too has the uh the um actor that plays the president i forget his name i think he might have passed away recently but he's always screaming like i am the president of the united states and Harrison Ford's always in the Oval Office, like yelling back at him. It's like, oh, wow, they're, they're, that's a heated debate with the pro- most powerful man in the world. Donald Moff- well, Moffat is who it was. It, oh, yeah. So, well, I'm sure a few years ago that would have been. True. It was great. Yeah. But yeah, still holds up. Still a good flick. Next is Speed. If Keanu Reeves stops reading faster, slower than 72 words per minute, the bus will. <laughs> So there's there's a lot of loopholes with this movie, um, but one it it kind of it did reinvigorate kind of that uh, genre a little bit and got people kind of uh, interested in those kind of action films again. I think so. Kind of relaunched Sandra Bullock, even though she had been an actress for for many years, most notably uh, in Working Girl the TV series. <laughs> oh yes, Working Girl the TV series. Um, I think was this right after I think the year after Demolition Man or something like that. But so uh, it, mm-hmm. it, mo- it mostly holds up. Um, and I admit I just have I've been working on Speed Two cruise control locations this summer. Oh, speed Two on the yeah. uh, the ship. The ship, but the, the beginning was shot in LA. So cool. You you can look forward to that. I can't wait. No, that should be fun. I'm glad you covered that. What do you think um, about speed? speed still holds up for me, though. It's still a uh, it's still a fun movie. Uh, what do we have next, Mr. Patterson? The Mask. Mm. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say I don't own this. <laughs> Robert doesn't own it. Uh, this film, I'm a big Jim Carrey fan, especially '90s Jim Carrey, but I don't particularly like this movie, and it doesn't hold up for me. And the reason being is uh, the ma- the source material, the Mask comics, aren't like super well known, and it's it's. It borders between like trying to be a comic book movie and a comedy while trying to have a little bit of an edge. And uh, it's just a little ridiculous. Yeah. And I th- it's not Jim Carrey's best work. No, he's kind of, uh, he, this is where gonna, he turned into Robin Williams and he was going to overdo in it. And mm-hmm. um, there's a lot but, of dance, se- a lot of musical sequences that aren't that great. No. You I know? Just- yeah, so, yeah, it, it's obviously people do love it and have created the mask, too, but they recast it with uh, this guy from uh, Scream. Matthew Lillard? No. Jamie. I've never seen the mask, too. Son of the mask. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought the mask was bad. 
Jim, yeah, Jim Carrey's not coming back for that. Yeah, so he he had he had moved, he was moving on to Batman Forever at that point. He was, he was going for the big bucks, but I think The Mask too was like his second big movie, right? Didn't this follow Ace Ventura? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. This yeah. is before like Liar Liar and Dumb and Dumber, and when he was like doing all these like twenty million dollar movies. I think he kind of needed to do this. This yeah. was like the next step. Jamie Kennedy. Oh, with Son of the Mask, yeah. Uh, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Oh. Th- there, you, there you go. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy liked one of my photos on Instagram of the parakeets. I didn't yeah. tag him. He doesn't follow me. I didn't tag one of his movies. But somebody's like, oh, Jamie Kennedy liked your photo. And it was his account. And I was like, it, it was just me and my bird. And the tags <laughs> were just like parakeet, parakeet love. And so good for you for watching. But... <laughs> It's strange that you like that one. Uh, Mass does not hold up for us. Next is Interview with the Vampire. This is the first time we had the two, arguably two best-looking dudes in the 90s. Um, was it Christian Slater, like that time, and uh, Tom Cruise? And Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt. And what, Antonio what? Banderas. And Kirsten Dunst. I want some more. <laughs> um. wasn't, wait, Antonio Banderas wasn't this. Yeah. yeah this, had so, a lot, this was like the best looking movie to watch in the early 90s. Um, and Christian Slater, obviously, he was brought in late for that role that was originally cast as uh, River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But he passed away. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure people remember there was, there was an uproar at the time uh, that Tom Cruise was cast <laughs> as the blonde Lestat. And people just like fans were not ha- having it. Fans of um, Tom Cruise were not having it? Fans of uh, Anne Rice were not having it, saying oh, okay. it's the worst choice for Lestat and blah, blah, blah. So, But, you know, we obviously we gave it a chance. And uh, for the most part, it does uh, hold up. Um, it has some memorable uh, scenes and cinematography. I think so. I think the setting is pretty cool, too, you know? And they, it's uh, anytime like New Orleans during the plague kind of thing is yeah, pretty cool. Anytime you're kind of uh, adapting a book and kind of a much beloved book, um, you're not going to please everybody. But um, I think, yeah, I, I think it worked. And I know we've talked about Tom Cruise in the past that uh, whether you love him or hate him, you know he puts 110 percent into whatever he's doing. So. Oh yeah, yeah. He always delivers, even if you don't like the film. He's given it everything that he can. Um, yeah, for I agree. It still holds up for the most part. And Tana, I've never seen this movie. This is Maverick. This is Mel Gibson doing a Western. Is it Jodie Foster? Yeah. No, yeah, I know the film. I don't think yeah, I've ever okay. watched it, though. I think I have, but it's obviously unmemorable. And Maverick. People. <laughs> somebody, somebody watched it. It was, it was number 10. It made the top 10. Yeah, he's like the uh, I've seen remember, see, remember the trailer for it. It was like yeah. he's like the card guy, like trying to like hustle in the wild west, right? Like he's really smooth. I wonder. There's like gambling in it, right? It's not like it's only something to do with gambling. And then they made Son of the Maverick with Jamie <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> and then they made Interview After the Vampire. Next up with Jamie Kennedy, <laughs> Interview with the Son of the Vampire. Then Jamie made, Kennedy's a fine dude. Then they made Clear and Present Failure with Jamie <laughs> oh, Kennedy. Oh God. No. Oof. Next, so, uh, yeah, oh, that sorry, top 10 was, uh, this is where I, f- I feel like the 90s, you're kind of getting into that. Uh, these, aren't, these aren't my type of films. Uh, yeah, I agree. 
Um, except for a few films, I think 94 between 96, with the exception of, um, you know, like Independence Day and one or two on the list here, got to a really weird kind of part time in film. And it yes. started getting to where we did more disaster films. And a lot of them were like the same movie in the same year, like Armageddon and Deep Impact and mm-hmm. Dante's Peak and Volcano. And we started, you know, special effects started really taking off, like since Twister, which we'll get into next time. It's yes. Like, they get really muddled. Um, but those are the top 10 highest grossing films of 94. Honorable mentions. First, we have The Client. This is John Grisham and Susan Sarandon. Brad Renfro, uh, I just watched this not too long ago. For the most part, it still holds up. It's, uh, yeah, and so for a while, I felt like we had John Grisham every three months. There was another adaptation. <laughs> um, and look and breathe. For the most part, his books do translate well uh, to movies, I think. So um, Joel Schumacher, so he is, uh, he's actually was one of my favorite directors. And so I think he did a a, a good job with this one. I do too. I um, I like Susan Sarandon a lot too. I really do. I think she's one of like my favorite actresses. I believe her in most of the things she does. And I have such envy. So a few weeks ago, apparently they had the 30th anniversary of Thumb on Louise, and they were both there. Oh, oh really? Like, yes. And they had a car, and they were taking Polaroids. Was when like, was this? I don't. I don't even want to know. I'm just. What? I know. That would have been amazing to see. That's. I was like, why wasn't I there? Both of them. I like yes. Gina Davis, too. Oh, I love Gina Davis. She's great. The Exorcist TV series. Perfect. She's she's amazing. Hey, is the Alamo Draft House the same as the Alamo that you go to? Yes. Somebody was. I was listening to a podcast the other night. I don't really listen to other podcasts. But somebody was talking about the... What's that? Somebody else's podcast. Yeah. I'm just I kidding. know. Uh, well, we didn't do a show. So no, I listened, I clicked around, and it was these guys, the Epic Movie guys. And I've only listened to them a few times. They follow us on Twitter, so I like gave I gave them a listen. But they were talking about the Alamo Draft House and Halloween Kills, how they want to see it there. And I was I remember made I made a note of is the Alamo is that the official name the Alamo Draft House that you go to? Yeah, Alamo Draft House Cinema. Yep. So it's like a pub too. Uh, yeah, they usually have a bar attached, and you can have drinks while you watch the movie and everything. And apparently that works out well. You would think that alcohol in movies wouldn't work out. But <laughs> well. They well, but I mean, aren't they militant? Like, you have to be quiet. Yeah, and that's why we go there. So no texting, no talking, uh, no arriving late. But but it's, uh, and I agree with that. It's a great, it's a great thing to do. It's a good system. But if they didn't have that, though, that would be a shit show. You, it, imagine getting people drinking and they're like, hey, remember who, he was in that, who was, he, honey, he was in that movie. What, what, let's start a business about movies. And this, uh, yeah. Sir, so. sir, keep it down. So I literally, I only go uh, to that theater because of that. So have a problem with the table, write a note. And then we, we watched people get kicked out. I would love to, for a night, just be a security guard in that place and be like, hey, shut up. Usually it's poor managers that have to deal with, and usually it is kind of drunk people that yeah, uh, just, they think they're, I've been to normal theaters and it's just, it's chaos. It's just like everybody's talking, everybody's on their phone. And oh, it's, just like, it's awful. Yeah. So oh, it's I, terrible. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't do it. No, no way. Uh, Robert, what is next on honorable mentions of 94? Dumb and dumber. <laughs> we went to the moon. We went to the moon. <laughs> Dumb and uh, dumber. 
Robert's covered this location mostly in Utah. Yeah, um, I went to a few locations out there. Does this still hold up for you? It does, only because like if I say a title and I start laughing, then yes. And so um, this is when we started getting kind of the crude uh, comedies uh, coming out, but uh, it, it does still hold up for me, mostly for just a, f a few key scenes. Um, Agreed. Yeah, I think it's still one of the best comedies ever. It's just those few key scenes are amazing. Um, and Jim Carrey's great. Uh, you mentioned in this post the stand was filmed around here. Yeah, it, I think it, it might share a couple of look, uh, locations with the stand or next to the stand uh, locations, which... Uh, we could talk about now because this was also it's not obviously not a theatrical film, but the stand was released and broadcast in 1994. Yes. Oh, good point. Happy anniversary to the stand and happy anniversary, 100th anniversary to Jack uh, Torrance's um, Shining uh, Overlook Hotel July 4th party. Yes. To tonight was the night. Tonight was the night. Uh, yeah. Happy anniversary to the stand as well. Uh, the. The. Um, miniseries uh this shot right here dumb and dumber this is the uh this is the dog truck jumping yeah. over these were all in utah yeah these are all in utah while i was there so um they shot a couple other places of course um in different parts of the, the u.s but uh but yeah i these are just kind of the utah locations and and in park city the dumb yeah, and dumber still holds up for us it does uh next in the list is natural born killers <laughs> This is Oliver Stone, right? Yes. Um, this does show, still hold up because I had it on the other day, and I was like, if I see it on, I watch it all the way through. It it still holds up for me, too, and it has Rodney Dangerfield's most creep, creepiest role ever. If you haven't Edie, seen it, watch it. Yeah. Edie McClurg, Juliette Lewis is probably, uh, this is one of my favorite roles, and I, I still yell out lines. And uh, Tom Sizemore. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> playing tom sizemore well play, uh, he's absolutely <laughs> this is the tom sizemore playing himself role um but yeah it still holds up and this was obviously uh quentin tarantino wrote the original story i'm not sure how much of the script is still his but yeah still holds up for me too it's still a good ride uh next on the list number four is in the mouth of madness madness so, so this is one that i did not care for when it came out um but oh, i no? enjoyed it yeah i, I actually it kind of grew on me uh, the more that i watched it so i feel um, like this is a cult film since it's released um i feel like more people have appreciated it after the fact yeah i think yeah so it's it's as john carpenter has a great um a catalog of films and this is kind of i think falls into his uh, apocalypse uh, trilogy but uh but yeah so i went to locations out in toronto uh which also shares some same locations with strange brew and police academy and also ah, strange brew yeah <laughs> remember the uh one of the factories or the was it the beer factory yeah yeah so the beer factory is actually three different places and and one of them is uh is the uh insane asylum in in the mouth of madness oh cool this is where Sam Neill's attacked. And now a grocery store, I think it was. But yeah, the windows are not, I think they kind of bricked them over. So, but I did the best I could. You did a good job on this. This is a scary good film. It's a fun ride. Yeah, I like it. 
I like Sam Neill. It too. does share that uh, red barn that they uh, come through, or red brick. What do you call that? Red covered bridge. Covered bridge. Uh, yeah, it was in it, the new it. Oh, really? Yeah, where uh, one of the kids gets beat up, and over to the to the right of the bridge is where they they make the promise to come back if it ever comes back again. Oh, do you uh, do you have a lot of covered bridges in Nebraska? Uh, no, in Iowa we do. There was a movie yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the movie. Bridges of Madison County. That is it. So, and people have made tours about that. There's a lot of covered bridges in Pennsylvania where I'm from, and they're all associated with some untrue ghost legend because <laughs> there's nothing to do there. So it's like so I, gotta, I, we've spent a lot of nights going to the covered bridge and being like, you're going to hear the baby crying. Make up. A <laughs> yeah. Uh, about the movies and covered bridges, it like literally takes them three minutes to get through it, even though it's an actually like a 15 second. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Next on the list is, um, so that was In the Mouth of Madness, uh, Blown Away. This is uh, Michael Douglas in his meltdown, right? Is that right? what the Blown Away is? I don't know. I no, thought, no, that's Falling Down. That's Falling Down. Um, it's Blown th- Away. I, I thought this was a, a bomb uh, movie, like Irish bomber. Pro- appropriately named. Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Timely Jones. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm holding this. I'm guessing this doesn't hold up for you then. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> I I remember I saw it, and I was actually going to do locations for it because I think it was shot in Boston or somewhere, but I did not. So maybe it would have been a waste of your time. <laughs> it might have been. So not in uh, my collection. I'll say that. What is next, sir? The River Wild. Ooh, Meryl Streep's finest role. And is it is it Kevin Bacon's in this? Yeah, I saw this in the drive-in. Joey Mazzello from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, he's with like a stepdad or something. Yeah. Um, So it, it, yeah, it doesn't work for me as a thriller, and maybe I don't know if Meryl Streep works against this movie because it's Meryl. I don't know. Good point. I did start watching this a year ago, and I turned it off halfway through. I don't know if that means it's terrible. I just couldn't get into it again. It's, yeah, the the it's, river wasn't that wild. Just say it's that. It, the river. It's the river tame. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's the so, river. Yeah. Let's just see where it goes. Yeah. So we'll say no to that. Uh, what do we got next? Leprechaun two. Ooh, a friend with stout is a friend, no doubt. It's not a real line from the movie, but, but nobody who, who know, would, would know. Who would know? Actually, the Leprechaun fans might know. So that should be a line, though. If you're listening and you are a writer, pitch that. A friend with stout is a friend, no doubt. <laughs> um, a lot of it was shot in your area, so or kind of Van Nuys area, if I remember right. But oh, um, splurged for the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so this began, obviously. It, this because sort of began the kind of the leprechaun franchise where you know where the kind of one-off movies are kind of good and they start making sequels and then when you think about leprechaun you begin thinking about more kind of his one-liners that he used in the in this but uh but yeah very low budget um but uh i don't know if i would say it holds up or not <laughs> i would i'd have to say no no offense to the filmmakers but 
Yeah, I'd be curious about this. I've only seen it the one time. Um, I don't really visit the Leprechaun franchise that much. <laughs> I do, but <laughs> I like that you you've covered all of them though. You know, I we'll, we'll get to them, but yeah, I actually enjoyed them more than I like. I enjoyed the Leprechaun and the Hood movies more than I did the early ones. Oh, I think we all did. Those yeah. were just uh, you know, a friend with weed is a friend indeed. Yes, they they just went for it. But, uh, um, but it did get me into the Houdini estate. So, oh, uh, on Laurel Canyon. Sh- yeah, they shot about um, two or three scenes there, um, and you can. And I also went to the to the bar, um, and they actually have the leprechaun that you see in the movie at the bar, so you can go take a picture with a leprechaun prop if you'd like. Oh, they actually still had it there. Yeah, or had the 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 prop. Like I think it might have been. I, yeah, I think it might have been theirs. I'm not, I'm not sure, but. Um, but yeah, so the Houdini estate, uh, yeah, I just, I think I emailed them and say, hey, can I get some shots? And I just, yeah, I spent about an hour and a half there just going through the entire estate, um, uh, taking pictures, which is pretty neat to be That's able pretty to, cool. to get in there. Yeah, I've seen this a lot. Um, I've never been inside, though. It's pretty, pretty interesting to see. Uh, I know where this is. This was the Grand Prix, which is a Toyota dealership. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da. Movie magic, kids. Look at those old Arby's signs I lit in the background. I, I know, it. I just saw all that. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Leprechaun 2. You did Leprechaun. You did all of them, right? I did all of them. Well, one through, like, the original Warwick The originals, Day. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which not is messing great. with the reboot or anything. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm on the fence with this. I haven't seen it in a while. I'll have to watch it. But I'm going to trust your judgment. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight is the Shawshank Redemption uh, adaptation of Stephen King's Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption from his Four Seasons novel. Uh, this was a tremendous film. It still holds up for me. It kind of does. It's It seems to be playing every time I'm traveling. I can guarantee. I feel like there's a Shawshank Redemption channel. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to just comment. You have, yeah. This is one of those movies you have to respect. This is not a watch-it-all-the-time movie. <laughs> if you do, it it will like saturate it, I believe. Yeah, um, and say, oh, here's, here's this scene coming, here's that scene coming. But it's interesting that, um, and I, a lot of people don't realize, you know, this is a Stephen King uh, adaptation, and it, that it did yeah. come from, you know, same, same with Stand By Me, which also came from the Four Seasons. Uh, or four seasons, uh, different yeah, seasons, body. rather. Um, but yeah, different that, season. Um, yeah, I don't know the four seasons. Four seasons uh, hotel. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, some of his best adapted work is not horror at all. I guess you got to ask yourself, what do you want to do, Robert? You want to get busy setting, or get busy jetting? It's the same thing, Matt. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go do it. Then. Let's go do some jet setting. <laughs> um, I do like uh, Shawshank Redemption. I do like the Family Guy spoofs of it too, where they I don't like, think poke I've seen holes. That. Yeah, they just kind of poke holes in the theory. Like, hey, if you get out of here in twenty years, go to this rock up on the top of the hill next to Buxton, and then it's like, unless it's not like a Walmart, you know, that's twenty years from now in a field. So let's hope it's still there. Um, uh, but yeah, you got to respect it. Yeah. Next we have Ed Wood. Robert, you have done. This is Johnny Depp. Yes. Um, Ooh, and a uh, spot on us. Yeah, I've not updated this page yet, so you just kind of get some of the un unmatched photos uh, here. But um, 
this is another film I did not like at the time it came out. It just kind of left me kind of with a ba bad taste in my mouth, but it has grown on me over time. Uh, me too. I didn't really like it at first, and then I appreciated it later in, later in life. Yes. So as we get all grown up, we like it. As we more. get grown up, we yeah. appreciate these kind of artsy-fartsy film movies. Yeah. Is this eventually going to make its way to the website? Yes, I, I it's on it's on my list. So because I think I've, I've been to a couple. Actually, I went to another location this past trip that I haven't been to before as well. So I will I will get this updated. We're all waiting for it. I would say for all the fans, they're clamoring. They are. <laughs> they are. Um, next is Pulp Fiction. I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. This movie is overrated. I would tend to agree. Would you? Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big independent film fan. I think this was still considered independent. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I kind of liked it when it came out, but people love it to the point. Um, and maybe I, I could be guilty of that. You know, you know sometimes people over love something. You also kind of get this backlash of like, well, it's not that good. Um, right. So true. I may kind of be one of those people uh, for that. Well, it's see, I like the movie. Um, I think it's well done. It's got some good lines, but um, when you hear people are like, "Oh, it's the best movie," you gotta watch it again. It's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, it's I get shit for that, and for um, I have never seen The Big Lebowski, but I have seen Jason Takes Manhattan like 10, <laughs> 10 to fifteen times. So, so uh, who am I? Yeah, wasn't that on one time when we were? I think I snapped a picture going, "Uh, here it is." Oh, you did, yeah, yeah, and and I was curious if you were going to sit through it, and you didn't. I no, I couldn't do it. No, it like I had to wash my hair. So. But Pulp Fiction, um, I would say it still holds up for for what it is. I mean, it's a, a fun ride, I guess, but it's not this, in my opinion, it's not this uh, landmark film that people think that it is. It it has all the Quentin trademarks. There. Oh yeah. For sure, but uh, but yeah, I think he, he's done better work later. He's aged with age better with time. Yes. Next is speaking of which has not aged better with time. You covered this. Ooh. I did cover this. Oh, I'm curious. I've never seen this entry. This Ooh. is a treat. This is a, a summer's eve treat. It is a painful entry. So we are talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, which I th I can't remember. I think it was actually. Made in '94. I don't think it was. I think it was wasn't released until '95 or something like that. But it has this kind of sordid history and different cuts and stuff like that. Um, it's best known because it had the early before they were famous uh, actors Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Yeah, I <laughs> and, I own this movie. My mom get, got me this as a gift because she saw Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, and it was on sale at Blockbuster. So she's like, oh, Matthew will like this. And we watched it like a few times because even then we're like, this is so bad. Like 16-year-old me, 15-year-old me, whatever, knew like how bad this was, even though um, I'd watch anything then. And uh, and it's bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah, it has some strange... Strange. And, uh, yeah, yes. and I, 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 re I revisit it every once in a while because I'm thinking, well, maybe I'm not looking at it in the right way, you know? like right. Uh, kind of something like that and you're like no it doesn't quite yeah nothing quite yeah no, nothing works um so and renee is not at her best and i 
Matthew's never at his best, but uh, but yeah, so I did go out to the house, all right. <laughs> which is actually if you kind of go look across the street and go down um, a little wa ways, it's uh, right near the actual best little whorehouse in Texas. Oh, cool. Which was kind of shot out there, but uh, this house looks like a reverse of the original Texas Chainsaw House, so I think it was probably one of those Sears kind of um, yeah houses that they had at the time. But um, right. but yeah, the, the the people actually were nice enough that they let me on their property take pictures, and but would not let me inside. I knew they shot inside, but they were they weren't having that. Yeah, and so and it is Texas, so I was just glad I didn't. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. So, okay, no problem. I can take pictures from the street. Yeah, because everybody's so, armed in Texas, so I never. That's know that's the that. thing when you're driving around Texas. Yeah, everybody's armed. Yeah, I want no trouble. It's literally, kind of guarantee it. But um, uh, it's it's worth at least one watch just kind of see the oddity of it all. I agree. I've tried to what you did as well. I've tried to like rewatch it years later just to see if I was missing something or if I would understand it better, and it just doesn't doesn't pan out but i would i would definitely recommend watching it it holds up on how bad it is yeah oh yeah it there, hasn't gotten were, worse with time no and there were rumors that renee and and matthew lobbied against getting this film ever released or from future releases and so forth but uh which i'm not sure how much i believe because later she in white oleander uh, renee zellweger did use a clip from this movie because she plays an actress in the movie and they actually show a clip oh, from cool. this movie and so I'm like, well, she can't hate it that much, you know, if she kind of used it. And then I think since that time, they both kind of owned it a little bit. And I think Renee Zellweger was like on The Tonight Show or something. And she, she said it was a great experience. It was, you know, of one of her fil first films. Uh, and, you know, she had more or less the lead. So she goes, it, it taught me yeah. a lot. I can buy that. I, I also don't buy that they had it lobbied. Um, most actors have, you know, that are famous have done like really bad things are in their career and it's out there and most people really don't care it's not like it's porn or something if you know yes. texas chainsaw massacre next generation it's like yeah it's a bad movie you know the joke's on you if you want to go watch it but marketing is true because your mother bought it <laughs> oh yeah no it was and it was so. and it was on sale too which i can't imagine why oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there you go Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre next year. If it's streaming free somewhere, give it a watch. Next, yeah, give it a watch. Number 12 in honorable mentions is Jack Nicholson's finest role as Wolf, <laughs> the man scratching himself in Central Park, about to turn into a werewolf as a dreamy Michelle Pfeiffer uh, lurks around. Oh, my around. gosh. Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, it's, you know this movie, you, you have those two, and you're like, oh, this should work, you know, or something like that. And I just remember... I'm laughing because I remember there's a line where Michelle Pfeiffer says, there's something different about him. I'm like, yeah, he has yellow eyes. You know, like you can. <laughs> of there's course something there's something different. Yeah, he's a yeah. wolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's an animal. Uh, so, no, a big no for me. Yeah, no, it doesn't hold up. It's weird, too. It takes some weird turns, and it's a long movie. Uh, didn't really whip my cream. Yep. Nope. What do we got next, sir? Naked Gun, 33 and a third, the final insult. <laughs> but is it the final insult? This was the last Naked Gun, so yes. Okay. They, uh, um, <laughs> so this this is still a favorite of mine. And when uh, we were in COVID, kind of the early, you know, the worst of the days, 
um, I would actually watch the Naked Gun series just for uh, think about nothing and just laugh at things. So, and there's still parts I just laugh out loud at. I love the Oscars at the end. And you covered this on your blog. I do too. I did. Yeah. I, I, all of the Naked Gun films hold up for me. They're still fun movies. They're funny. What are you doing in my bathing suit? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. It is a good line. This is uh, I've seen this house before. Yeah, this house, uh, the kind of the the cabin on the back Universal lot is, it might be going pretty soon. Um, it, it's kind of uh, they're getting they're moving it um, right now, hmm. and it's also when I was on the tour, they're talking about like it may not last because it's really not used anymore. So, uh, as you as as much as Universal does love their movies, if something's not used, they have no trouble chucking it. Yeah, the uh, it's taking up space. I remember they let the Leave It to Beaver uh, house just disintegrate somewhere in the back. They just let it let it alone, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. Oh, same thing with uh, the Lost World. Um, remember the mm. kind of the big yeah. thing? They finally tore that down. It was. I just saw dis- that. Yeah. I saw it recently. I was looking up. I read an article on that, um, like from not too long ago, and it yeah. was the uh, the Lost World, like the uh, the control center kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And it, it was great. I, I'd seen it. Uh, when it was still all intact and whatever. And I was like, why don't they just kind of show this off more? You know, because it was a great big set, but yeah. yeah, they let it go so long that they eventually tore it down. And Leave it to Beaver House is just crumbling. Yeah, it might not even exist anymore, but um, I think they repurposed one of the, des- I think the new Leave it to Beaver or something like that. But I remember uh, somewhere in the back, uh, the Leave it to Beaver House was just sitting there, so... Next on our list of honorable mentions, this is Phantasm Three. Which, you like these Phantasm movies, don't you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, I'm a completist. So when, um, and so when I, and usually when I'm in locations, I'll, I'll say like, oh, I, I've been to Peru and I've been to to here and there. And so, um, I, this, this is where I do it more for fans that would like to visit some of the Phantasm locations, and and they usually shoot all over the place. Maybe I thought you were a fan because you have posted about the other films as well this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and maybe the Phantasm 1 is probably uh, the... Actually, Phantasm 2 is actually probably my favorite of the series. Phantasm 2? Yeah. They all have that old guy in it, right? Yes, the tall man. The tall man. Is yeah. he? Does he pre preclude Slender Man? Is that where they got that? I don't know. I don't know. I was just called the tall man. But, um, the tall man. But uh, but yeah, so it has some great locations, and uh, this kind of mausoleum has been used in many films as well. And they were nice enough to uh, hmm. take me. I think this is down in Compton or somewhere. So this this was used in um, straight out of Compton, ironically. What's it? Yeah, the scene after uh, Doctor Dre's brother dies. They're in okay. this like hallway, oh, walking down. Okay, I did yeah. not. See I recognize that. this. Gotcha. Yeah, this was used in other stuff too. It looks yeah. pretty familiar. <laughs> Here's you, there's, Robert. What year is this taken? Me just hanging out. Um, just hanging out. It's probably 2014, it looks like. Yeah. Did you see any orbs in your photos? Any ghosts? I did not. Um, have I, you ever? Uh, I have not. So, but actually, the guy was, I just remember because it was locked and uh, the guy was nice. He's like, oh, I'll take you around. And he just opened everything up for me and let me take pictures. So. And then uh, he actually, said his name was Walter. And then when yeah. you left, you saw a guard and go, Walter's really nice. And they said, Walter died in uh, 1960. Yeah. Westworld was shot here. Uh, I think the, oh, big, yeah? the big orgy scene was shot in one of these these big halls. Yeah. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Phantasm 2. Still holds up. Phantasm 3. Uh, Robert, does you own this on Blu-ray? Phantasm 3? I use the, I have the Phantasm set on Blu-ray, so yes, I do. Okay, cool. Uh, next, we have Beverly Hills Cop 2. Not as good as Beverly Hills Cop 3. Um, yeah, is this when this came out? Did I get the right? Um, I don't. I thought this was in the eighties. Yeah, I did too. So maybe it's. Th- I may, maybe this is a. Is this a left? It says Beverly Hills Cop three. I missed an I. Okay, it is Beverly Hills Cop three. Three. Yeah. So I was gonna say. I know we already talked about Beverly Hills Cop two, and I think we actually talked about this one a little bit because <laughs> George Lucas. George Lucas and the ridiculousness of this entire movie. So. <laughs> if there was one movie George Lucas. Did a cameo on it had to be this one. It had to be Beverly Hills Cop three. So, um, I would say you know if this movie it was just, if this is the only thing that you're on a plane and this is the only thing I was watching, just go to sleep. Yeah, right. If you were on a plane <laughs> and it it was in charge of crashing or watching this movie to save it, you, you no. might be thinking, I don't know. No, but. I don't know. This movie does not hold up, and it didn't at the time, and even Eddie Murphy didn't want to be doing this film, and he tried to, like, play it seriously, more seriously than, like, they wanted him to, and they were, it it just didn't work on so many levels. (laughs) He was, like, miserable, he didn't want to be there, it just, it really, really is a bad movie. It is, and, yeah, I don't know if you call it a cash grab, but I don't know, I think, obviously, hopefully he got a, a nice house out of it. The last, like, 30 years of his career have been cash grabs. I mean, he doesn't do any good movies. No. Really? I'm trying to think. And he was never able to turn the serious coin like Robin Williams and some other comedians have. Or Jim Carrey, even. Uh, no. Yeah, he, yeah, he was never so real. But I mean, he's done, do it, he's so. done movies that have done very well, like Nutty Professor and stuff. But he just doesn't do, like, great film. He does a lot of bombs that he, like, gets a yeah. big payday on. Yeah. Welcome, uh, welcome to the world of Adam Sandler. What's that? Welcome to the world of Adam Sandler. Okay. That's true. We need he need, well, hey, he needs another vacation in the Bahamas. <laughs> Who Jack and Jill too. Oh, so bad. And finally, on honorable mentions of '94, a movie that we spoke about earlier, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And Robert, it we just went. We just went to some locations last week. Yeah. So this this uh, my website is not updated because I actually went to a few new locations. Um, but yeah, so this is probably my favorite Elm Street sequel. Um, and it was just pre. Obviously, this was pre Scream and kind of pre Meta. And I don't think audiences quite knew what to expect at the time. I didn't know what to expect at the time of what kind of film we were getting. It was confusing. It was like. Had, they're playing themselves, but not really themselves. And kind of what was this about? But a couple oh, things ahead I, of its time. Yeah. And uh, Heather Lancap actually never looked better. And I thought this was just uh, great. And uh, her house in Tarzana looks essentially the same as it ever has. And uh, I always take a picture with that mailbox. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> um. But yeah, so it's one of my favorites, and I did some one some revisits. I went back to the cemetery to get a couple more new shots, um, and I think you would appreciate the last shot here of a yeah. I even got the tree. <laughs> oh, that's great! I I do, I do every shot if I can. So you really did get it. Yeah, so it's those two palms right here, the three yep, palms. Yep, and some of the branches. Obviously, they grew out a little bit over the years, but yeah, um, yeah. But no, that's a great 
That's a great shot. So uh, and I remember looking. So one of the uh, this location took me a while to find uh, the Hollywood Hospital is what it's supposed to be. Um, but what I did is I used the skyline um, in the and the, as they kind of pan over to try to figure out what building they're actually at. So mm. and so I actually stayed at this hotel so I could have access to. Uh, uh, oh, lot. no way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So this is like a hotel rooftop uh, parking lot. She's getting uh, dangerously they, close to this automobile. I every time I watch that, like literally she stops within an inch. It looks like. Yeah, um, it looks hairy. And no, no stump. You know, it's all up to her to stop. Um, and not once did they uh, did she hit that car. So pretty good reflexes. So, um, but I've been uh, had been in communication with the location manager of this film and who was also location manager for The Stand. And uh, he was kind enough oh. to start, because I've said, I'm missing some locations, and there's a couple that he's been able to help me with. So I'll be adding a few more locations uh, this year that I was able to visit on this last trip. And this is the ones that we spoke of earlier? Yeah, so uh, kind like of the, the ramp, base camp. The, the freeway, yeah, the, the base camp, the, the freeway scene, uh, the park, Robert England's house. Um, yeah, so he, he was quite helpful. Even if some of his directions were like, oh, he knew it was kind of like in the San Dimas area. And then I was able to, to track that down. So oh, that's cool. I, I, I'm going to give a shout out because they did, they made the door blue again. So continuity is the, key. Yep. All the sequels, uh, the doors were red, but they knew in the first one it was a blue door. Did this movie do theatrically well? Like, I mean, financially yeah, well? It did not. So it didn't? It did not. So, which, and I think that's where. For fans, it's a favorite. I think this is Robert England's favorite Elm Street. Um, like I said, it is kind of, I don't, I think it was new for its time, or ahead of its time. I do too, yeah. It be, it become more of a cult classic at this point. And Where, uh, Where's this with you and Robert England? Um, so that was, I think, one of my first movie conventions in 2007. Um, yeah, it looks like I'm just sitting with him. I think I was, actually. <laughs> You are. It looks like you're at the yeah. table. I am at a table sitting next to him. And uh, uh, I remember that was the first time I met him, the first time I met Heather Langenkamp. And she had like long hair too. I mean, she doesn't have long hair anymore. So um, I was just, I was so excited to meet them. Um, but yeah, the, I think the entire cast was was there. Did you say to him, I'm a big fan of you and the Mangler? I did not. Have you he ever seen just, the Mangler? I have not. Is that a, that's a Stephen King, isn't it? Too? It's a Stephen adaptation. King adaptation, and he's in it, but it's it's really bad. The mangler, it's got a washing machine. Stand that comes by to me. Life. I don't. Like. What's that? The Mangler or Stand by Me? I don't know what it's. Yeah, it's a toss up. Stephen King adaptation is, but it's a toss up. But yeah, uh, you, that's you cool. That you got you got to meet him. Did you pay for like a good photo of him in makeup? I did when he uh, was one of the. I think he did. It two times where he put it Freddie Mac up on and, and took pictures. So oh, that's cool. Uh, that's going to conclude the honorable mentions. Oh, there's one more honorable TV mention, the stand. We've talked about this a lot. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's visit the website though. We, we, <laughs> we never, I never will turn down talking about the stand. the stand. I'm actually close to watching it again, Robert. I know you, you kind of use that as your palate cleanser, don't you? As a, it's no no i use it as it's it's some kind of psychological problem at this point yeah <laughs> i don't know why you, you do but what you have to stand. do well i love i love this entry on your side i think you did a great job you matched up shot for shot the yeah. pole in the beginning and i think that that area doesn't even exist anymore 
No. Um, yeah, I think everything that you're looking at for the opening credits there with the, in the background, from what I heard, is somebody went out there to do the same shots and it's all gone already. So I you got to it first. I got to it before. Yeah, and I, I do enjoy when it's exactly the same exact pull. <laughs> I think you should leave a mark like Zorro does when you're at somewhere like set jetter so they know. You know, I did think about that once kind of like it's kind of put a plaque down or something in the ground, you know, yeah. but yeah, nothing. You know what I used to do, or I used to, I tried to do it and I stopped doing it, but I thought it'd be funny is when I lived in Pennsylvania and I had like my headshots, I would like autograph them and put them in bathroom walls and restaurants. <laughs> so people come in and be like, best wishes, Matthew Clark. And who? If you're like, oh, this must look what I got, everybody. <laughs> who is this? Like, just put your, you know, but then you realized you're vandalizing properties with your name and photo. Yeah. And then yeah, could people like, could you please stop leaving these in our yard? Bathrooms. No. Yeah, but you did the stand first, and you're one of the few people I know that have covered this, or that I've seen cover this so extensively. It was it was a lot of work to do to one to kind of find some of these places that aren't as easily found. Um, But yeah, I kind of made it my, uh, and I was working with a bad copy since that time. It's been released on Blu-ray, which was kind of cleaned up a little bit. So, um, so sometimes that makes it more difficult when you're dealing with a not so good copy to try to find some clues no yeah it's tough with that do you, do you actually own this though i do on blu-ray on blu-ray now they yeah. released it on blu-ray they released it on blu-ray no way i thought this was like a, a dvd that they stopped they did but yeah it has since been really been released on blu-ray how's the quality uh better it's it's still you're still dealing with kind of 94 standard tv but it, it was cleaned up it, it, it's it looks much clearer than all the other versions that i had and the question that the world wants to know is, besides myself, do you know other people that enjoy this miniseries? People do. I think people do. They so, do, right? Maybe, not, not as much as we do, maybe. But uh, well, this was big when it came out. It, I mean, it was a TV event that, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, night, as, like I said before, night one is really, you know, good. And I think things kind of just kind of fizzle a little bit after that or people uh, get tired. Was this a four-part series, if I remember? It was four, yeah. Yeah, so that's... There's a lot at the time for people to say, oh, dedicate your next four nights because you had to watch it live, you know, or, or that was it. record under VCR, you missed out. But I do remember my parents like watching this and I watched it too. And I, I they'd have to like explain things to me. I'm like, what does this mean? And I don't know. I really liked it. And then I rented it a few times from Block. That's, that's where it started. I rented it from Blockbuster a lot. And that was like, it's so cool. Um, but I still like to quote things from this movie out of context. Like, if my wife's walking down the hallway, I'll come out and go, The Plague! <laughs> and it's like, shut up. You know, when Flag comes out, The Plague! Uh, I have a friend that is actually using my website because they shot some of it in Pittsburgh. So he's mm-hmm. going to uh, go to some of those Pittsburgh locations for me and take some pictures. Oh, cool. The, yeah. the Pittsburgh stood in for... New York. Queens. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's my only problem with the stand is the casting of Larry Underwood's mother. Yeah, I know. She should be from Queens, and she talks like it pains me some. Maybe. How much money? <laughs> she talks like she's from New Hampshire or Georgia. Maybe in a future release they can uh, overdub her. And uh... <laughs> I mean, come on, the clothes. It looks like she's she's churning butter outside. Well, maybe they can CGI her. I hope they spend be, money on doing that, Robert. It'll be a whole new, whole new uh, scene just for you. Here, here is the the doll scene outside when uh, Campion <laughs> runs away, 
this is at what is this like a water treatment plant or it something? was or something like that and our yeah it was, it was something i don't know what was out there but yeah so it is kind of mostly fenced up and um i don't think that little uh security office exists uh, at the time but everything else is is there the the houses and stuff like that but that i wasn't able to go up in there because that was kind of fenced off but same thing Did, didn't want to do any true trespassing but no. and i was doing like a hundred different locations for for the stand on this trip so i was running all over the place yeah your google maps uh map of the stand locations is quite extensive you went down a lot of valleys and streets i yeah. <laughs> not not as scary as going through texas back roads but look it wasn't <laughs> paved back then jeez so the idea with the stand is if campion just stayed there and shut down the base everyone would die and the virus would be contained right Yes. So, but he the, never actually went into the building. So it was that lethal, I guess, that like jumped outside because he was like running around. I now I'm trying to remember. I know. I'm, I know. I'm looking into this too much. Yeah. But I'm wondering if he stayed there, if the government would just like bomb it, and like that would be the end of it. Like, uh, it might have been. That'd have been kind of a very uh, Michael Crichton version. Yeah. That idiot champion. We got quite a mess on our hands. Well, it looks like our goose is. Pretty well cooked. It's, somebody has to ruin it for everybody. Not Hungarian goulash. Uh, this shot right here is Blue Base. This is in Baja California. This was in Baja California, but was this... Uh, oh, this was Salt Lake City. Yeah, everything was like... Not really. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I liked about Starkey, I love Ed Harris, but I like that his character, as like, kind of evil and cynical as he was, was very kind to his like subordinates. You know, like he treated yes. his staff with respect. Which yeah. was kind of like interesting. He wasn't like, get out of here, you jerk. You know, he'd be like, you're right. Of course you're right. Like he was he was kind to them, but like a monster. <laughs> like Michael Myers. He's, that's exactly what Ed Harris is like. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, I this went is nobody. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about the stand in every episode we've ever done. <laughs> Pretty much. You always <laughs> like to talk about the stand. Like, I think we need to change the name of the show <laughs> to the stand. <laughs> Um, people are like, oh my gosh, please stop talking about the stand. <laughs> Tweet us at the underscore podcast. Let us know if you want us to keep talking about the stand. <laughs> we haven't uncovered everything quite yet. So, no. By the way, I want to thank our Nebraskans. Is it Nebraskans? Yes. For tuning in. They're now the third most uh, highest demographic listening to the show. I'm not sure what that is. So that's good or bad. But... That's good. That's good. <laughs> good. More means that in the United States, the top three states that have the most listeners, Nebraska is number three. Before it wasn't really even on the list. So I wonder what that, how that jump came to be. I'm not sure. So well, you do it a great, all, the, all a great those job. people from Hemingford home. <laughs> Pains me some. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Joe Bob, of course, coming down. This is the same road. Wow, that looks different. Yeah, it's this area's changed quite a bit, and you can't see as much because of. Uh, all the the trees and so forth but it's unrecognizable yeah, so there's the job. bill i took a different picture of the building just so you could say here's what it here's that building that you can no longer see in the background but wow yeah. i mean it looks it looks pretty the the yeah. old one it does look like a dusty you know royal road i guess that was the point yes yeah. he was by Texas. the arkansas border Texas. all day yeah. uh <laughs> please advise if you were anywhere near arnett <laughs> no <laughs> that sounds convincing carry on it's yeah no as 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 we know this is a much better version than the the remake oh yeah 
And this says oh my gosh. That's not my actual pictures, obviously. I was going to say, you yeah. well. <laughs> I, I came there on a good day. Uh, no, I was I was looking for this location and it didn't. I was like, couldn't find it and I realized it had burned down. So that would be a funny so, sketch idea. A set jetter goes to all these locations and every time he leaves, the place burns down. So like, you hmm. realize, like, it, it's him. He's I, setting the fires. It would be kind of like, I want to be the last person that goes to this location <laughs> and then just torch it That's on a good my way out. Movie. Yeah. I better edit this section out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this location here is uh, in Magna, Utah. Yep. Um, this doesn't really doesn't look the same either. I guess you use the building. Uh, there's some pieces um, like there's a theater, I think, uh, kind of coming up that kind of still looks the same. Um, and maybe in the next uh, photo section. But uh, but yeah, so there's pieces mm. that are kind of barely the same. Oh, yes. I love old movie theaters. They're like my favorite things. Like unchanged county theaters from like the 40s that still have the same marquee. They're the best. On the outside. but That's uh, what I mean. No, no, no. Inside, <laughs> don't sit down. Yeah. But uh, they're just they're just so cool looking. I went to the um, Tell when I went to the Telluride Film Festival, we saw a film in their actual local original theater. And it was the most uncomfortable time of my life. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Those seats? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I was like... And I was like, I didn't know it was between the movie and everything. I was like, I can't wait to get out of here. I can't. No. I can't yeah. Right. It, it's so much smaller and the seats are so like tiny. They're just, yeah, it's not good. No. This is Stu Redmond's house. Uh, well, yeah. Our... Where it was. No longer there. Oh, demolished. Demolished. This, where's, is, where's is Magna? That's it's, north of uh, Salt Lake City. It is. I know it's almost due west. Due west. Okay. Yeah. I remember this was a pre go back to the airport location. You're being drafted, Stu. Country don't mean dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know every line of this. this I, series, I, so. I do. And I also think they did a great job of manicuring the landscape in this <laughs> on the street. Doesn't look wonderful. This is like sometimes I take pictures. I'm, does anybody even really care? I'm taking pictures of this crummy sidewalk. I'm like, well, oh, no. Here's did, where the magic happened. Uh, <laughs> when you were in location, like, were you in this location? That did anyone see you and wonder what you were doing? I don't. Th I, this one, I don't remember anybody out and about, and people, and it really looked like I was taking a picture of an empty lot. So, <laughs> people are like, "All right, moving on." Right. Uh, <laughs> or they maybe thought I was an appraiser or something like that. So, that's probably what they they would think. Yeah. Like, and this is uh, this is Google Maps, but yeah. So I wanted to make it at least you know for. The fans like you just saying here's here's where all this all this was located. But hopefully my friend will go out and get better shots. Hopefully your friend will go out and come back alive from coming go into this neighborhood. <laughs> I think I've seen this on cops. <laughs> I think it's quite the drug den. Well No, no, it'll be fine. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Um it reminds me of Grand Torino, like those old neighborhoods in uh in Flint or Detroit or wherever. Yeah. Um that were like kinda... build up nice in the day, but then they kind of got run down. But they're still kind of cool. Kind of looks like that. And this is Algonquin, Maine. Algonquin, Maine. Yes. And this is really in Maine. Yes. So they did some establishing shots. Uh... But do you really want you really want here? No, no. This is like I think I put if it's a Google shot or something like that. But or I some, just yeah. I just hope Franny and um. Stu made it here, and we're happy they left that beautiful place in Colorado uh, to come to that 
dark, damp, cold oceanfront <laughs> beach. Uh, now you're speaking of the remake, which is like, oh, you want this is where you want to come back. This is where you want to come back. Yeah. So here's some Halloween four locations. Yeah, Halloween four and six. This is the Vermont Center for Disease Control in the Stand, and this this was a hospital, right? Uh, at the time, yeah. So, and I think that's what they used it as a filming location as well, and then turned it into condos, and they kind of made it nice and uh, fancy. It's cool. It's a nice location too. This wasn't yeah. Halloween four. Yep, Halloween four and six, and of course Actual. Times Square. Yes, June twenty second, right before everything went to hell. <laughs> that was the stand. Uh, check out Robert's site, as I mentioned before, and set jettercom and I think you did great work on the stand. Next up, fi- finally, is you're welcome. Can't look away. Ninety four. Uh, Robert, what are uh, what do you got for us for this? I have two. Run- I always have two, and I always kind of try to decide beforehand. So, um, so my runner up is Mother's Boys. Have you ever heard of that one? Mother's Jamie- Boys. Jamie Lee Curtis. No. No. So it it, it is actually one of my favorite uh, performances uh, from hers. So she's just kind of this is kind of the evil uh jamie lee uh character and stuff like that she has like white platinum blonde hair uh joanne whaley's in it uh peter gallagher vanessa redgrave and so um kind of a thriller uh okay movie so it is kind of one of my favorites i don't you know i need to do like i don't think i've done locations for that one so i should probably put that on my list for mother's boys yes but my really true I cannot look away, and I know we've spoken about this movie before, is Silence of the Hams. Yes. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. It does not hold up at all. It didn't at the time, but I still giggle um, when I think about it and, and watch it. I think it is it is funny. It is terrible, but it is, yeah, it's entertaining. It's funny. You just can't look away. It's yeah. I was like, oh, I would always have to watch it, and um, but yeah. So, and apparently there is a new release coming out at, at some point because when I talked to Charlene Tilton a couple years ago, she said she just recorded the commentary for for a, a, a re-release, but I haven't seen anything come out yet. So, a re-release for Silence of the Hands, like digitally yes. remastered. Yeah, I don't think it's even on DVD or something like that. Like it's oh. it's hard to find. Yeah, so it is hard to find. Yes. You sent me a digital copy of it once. Like I it was streaming. So. Well, we can't say that legally, but uh, yes. No, no, that you, yeah. you sent me Silence of the Yams. Yeah, like that's Thanksgiving right. That's exactly what I sent to you. But yeah, so it's um, so I'm anxiously waiting that so I can do a proper uh, set jetter page. I think well, we would like that very much. <laughs> Billy Zane. Oh yeah, pre Titanic Billy Zane. It does have a strange cast of John Carpenter has a cameo, and I think. Phyllis Diller, and it has this, uh, yeah, it, it's a strange, he was able to get all these people uh, to do a little kind of one Yeah, yeah. It's in the same vein as, like, the Fatal Instinct or Loaded Weapon, these, like, these movies that just parodied all these other movies with outrageousness and that, like, it worked. Yeah. Or Those just were getting green lit, apparently. Throw as much as you can at the screen and then... Maybe you'll get a laugh every ten minutes, and then and just do it. That's a, yeah, yeah. It's like that's like the the writers the yeah. pitch meeting for Gremlins too. So. Uh, let's let's do Hulk Hogan in there and, <laughs> and a vegetable Gremlin. Yeah. So yeah, but so it's good. I still watch it. Can't look away. My two can't look away would be Serial Mom, 
very female centric films, Serial Mom or My Girl 2. How did I miss Serial Mom? That would have been on my top 20 list, I think. You like Serial Mom. I love Serial Mom. Serial Mom's good, isn't it? Oh my God. That's what I think. Catherine I know I, Turner. I had John Waters sign uh, my Serial Mom poster or Blu ray or something, I think. But Oh, really? Oh, that's pretty cool. I've met him like three times now, I think. So he's, uh, yeah. So that Serial Mom is probably his um, most, I say, well, I shouldn't say that. Not most mainstream films, because I, I think Hairspray was probably an even bigger success. I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, Serial Mom, I wonder if it even qualifies for Can't Look Away because it was a bomb. But like, I do enjoy the movie. I can't really say like, oh, it's so bad, but I have to watch no. it. Like it's it, it owns what it is and it's yeah. entertaining. Yeah. And what was your other one? My Girl 2. Oof. Have you seen it? No. Macaulay Culkin died in the first one. So they brought in the kid from Last Action Hero. And I saw this movie theatrically because I, I love Last Action Hero and he was in it. So I'll still watch it if it's on. And it is streaming on like three different places. Shoot, I don't have any of those. Oh, no. I don't have. <laughs> Robert, it's streaming for free on YouTube. I don't have YouTube. I don't have YouTube, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, I just sent you a Blu ray. I threw out my Blu ray player. I, I, I thought it was a, a something to help put my drinks on i didn't know what was... i didn't yeah what was yep. that uh, I'll, I'll send you the links for my girl too if you're interested in watching that have you seen it i don't think i have no. i hope you haven't it's like i just there, there would be no reason for me to <laughs> well, i was 13 when it came out i had no reason to see it then either this is a little girl's movie <laughs> and apparently i'm still watching it apparently yeah and i was what 24 so i was like i was well beyond that yeah it wasn't made for us no You've seen My Girl, though, right? Once, yeah. That's that's also not made for me. No. I, I don't do good with syrupy It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Movies. I still don't do good with syrupy movies that <laughs> try you know, it's, 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 Yeah, The cast is there. It's Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis, but they're not like the the leads in it. They're all supporting characters. I don't think so. Have... It's Macaulay Culkin and this chick who's like, it's, yeah. It, it's cute, but it's uh, it's very dated. Yeah. People love it, though. People do like it. And those are our Can't Look Aways of 1994. Next next week, we're going to be covering 1995, which, uh, like we mentioned, it's shaping into an interesting, weird, sometimes bad part of the 90s. Not not my favorite part. But, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be digging in because I, uh, there's a lot of independent films that came out in the 90s that I love, and I just need to remember them. And remember which year they come out in. Yes. Because I the mid-90s get very muddled for me. They do, and there's a lot of, like, kind of like we had on this one, where they actually came out one year, but they actually weren't released until two years later and different things. Right, um, and we're we're, en- we're entering or we're in the part where, like, 90s action movies were definitive of the time. You know, you have, like, Con Airs and The Rock and things like that, like the slow-motion, big explosion, bad boys thing. And then that kind of went away, and they tried to make it a little bit grittier in the early 2000s. Yes. So, but I do have some favorites coming up in 95 that I'm excited to talk about. And uh, give us a preview of one. Uh, my f- favorite independent film, Kicking and Screaming. Ooh, you're going to have to tune in for that, listeners. Yeah. Kicking Noah, and Screaming. Noah, Noah Bombach. And then I'm sure a favorite of yours is Leprechaun 3. Of course. Leprechaun which... in Vegas. Which I am kicking and screaming to not watch it again. (laughs) 
you did you cover Leprechaun in Vegas? Uh, yeah. At the Ambassador Hotel where they filmed. Uh, yeah, I uh, the Ambassador was long gone before I ever was able to visit, but um, right. I did use some some locations and you, some of the reverse shots. Uh, you can kind of still line up. And Leprechaun Three was in '95. Yep. So they were able to pull out another production a year later of that of that franchise. I'm surprised yeah, they... those movies didn't take years to make. <laughs> well. <laughs> They didn't have much, so but who's who, oh Carolyn Williams was in that one, so and it it has some it has some fun moments, but yeah, yeah you look back at it, I'm like they can't even pretend that this is an actual Vegas casino, so no, no, it's like a card room at a church. Yes, I mean really, it looks like something at the American Legion. Yeah, and they're like this this is Excalibur, but I think uh, they shot in the same kitchen uh, where. Um, oh really? Kennedy, yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'd be anyway. curious too later on in years to see um, what your thoughts are on the Saw movies. Being that you're a big horror guy, oh, I love to talk about the Saw movies. But yes, yeah, they've made so many of them, and they're, they're just such a uh, Saw was such a game changer. I'm curious what, you, what your thoughts are on those. I'd be happy to talk about it when we get to that era. Yeah, it'll be 2003. But when when did Saw come out? 2003. 2004, I think. 2004. Yeah, so yeah. I was lucky to go to that one, but 2004, according to according to my website. <laughs> I think it'd be funny if your website incorrectly listed a year of the film, and then I it's have. like you picked up the DVD, the film year changed on the back, like your website changed things. I yeah, I actually have listed wrong years, and Brian, who will be listening, will always give me crap because I think I kept putting the wrong year for. Uh, the new blood Friday the 13th part 7 yeah 87 right 80, 88 88 I kept, I kept saying 87 it See? is 87 Brian's wrong that's um, two people saying it's 87 Brian two is that right yeah I think it's supposed to be it's 88 no, I think it's 88 and I was like but it seems like an 87 film to be honest <laughs> right it's got the seven thing going on Jason takes yeah. Manhattan was 89 so it feels like 87 was be appropriate it does feel it just feels more right in an 87 so 87 we psychiatrists usually took their patients out in the woods so <laughs> and and with their moms bad news cruise <laughs> all i that's 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 the only thing i think about when i think about movies. bad news cruise. yep all right that's gonna be our show for tonight robert unless you had anything else you wanted to crowbar I'm, in i'm good thank you everybody for listening to set jetter saturdays I'm Matthew Clark with Robert Patterson. Check out all the shows for free on iTunes, Podbean, Roku, iHeartRadio, Pandora, for all you millennials out there. From the set editor himself and me, we will see you on the set. Good night.